Oh my goodness. Uh, we're going to jump right into the scripture for this morning. It's, uh, it's Psalm 67. I'm reading from the New International Version. Uh, for the director of music, with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, so the focus of this passage, like the others we're using during this 12-week summer series, is intended to call us to mission. It is intended to get us out communicating with people, loving people, serving people, caring for people. At last week's message, I, I shared that Experian, they want us in groups, right? Um, we're easily divided. Rich, poor, single, married, all the rest, right? But our unity is in Jesus Christ alone. Okay, so Robert Mulholland said that spiritual formation is the lifelong journey of becoming like Jesus for the sake of others. Let me repeat that. Robert Mulholland said that spiritual formation is the lifelong journey of becoming like Jesus for the sake of others. That's our theme today. That, that all people might praise God. That all people might believe. That God's ways might be known on the earth. God's salvation among all the nations. What would it be like if we were disarmingly humble? What would it be like if we modeled a surrendered life? What would it be be like if we grew hearts, not attendance. What would it be like if we had one passion, intimacy with Jesus Christ? You know, I have to tell you, there's, there's a lot of things, times when, I, when I, I do things for God, right? But I'm not intimate with God. I've, uh, I've shared with you before that I, you know, I, I give my day to the Lord, and then sometimes I take it back. I'm writing a sermon every week, writing study guides every week is sometimes energizing, but it often feels like the whirlwind. I have to preach this week. I have to do the study guide. I have to write an email to the congregation. I have a session meeting. I have other meetings. And again, these are often energizing for me because I'm mostly an extrovert. But as I'm getting older, <laughs> I'm discovering my inner introvert. <laughs> I need time with God. I need intimacy with God. I need to connect with God, not because I'm preaching a sermon or because I have some other responsibility. 
I need to connect with God because I desperately need God's love through Jesus Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit. And maybe you've experienced the same thing. Maybe you're leading a Bible study or a life group or a covenant group. For all of us, our goal is intimacy with God. And at the same time, all of us are expected to be full-time missionaries for Jesus Christ. I love that, right? Each of us is on mission in our context, with our families, with our neighbors, with our colleagues at work, in the third places where we hang out. Think about the golf course, or the gym, or the coffee shop, the quilting clubs, or the folks who garden and, and do amazing things, which I, I have black thumbs, so. <laughs> right. So the, fir the first verse in Psalm 67 sounds quite a bit like the ironic benediction in Numbers 6, 22 through 27. Let's read that. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. And I love that, and I'll use that as the benediction this morning. The Lord be gracious to us. Check. God has indeed been gracious to us, especially because of the gift of Jesus Christ, fully God, fully human, who offered himself in our place that we might discover God's mercy and grace and wisdom. The Lord bless us, right? Check. God has blessed us, not just with material things, though in this country we've been blessed with material things, but with spiritual things as well. We've been blessed to receive the good news of the saving love of Jesus Christ. We have been blessed to receive gifts from God the Holy Spirit. The Lord make his face to shine on us. Check. God has made his face shine upon us, not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. But then there's a departure, right, from the words of God to Moses, so that all your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all the nations. Now think about that, right? We're asked to bring God's ways so that they may be known on earth, and God's salvation among all the nations. The Jews had a particular expression of that in their culture. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we have a slightly different perspective. We want every tribe, every tongue, every nation present in the kingdom of God. We want to facilitate that. We want to enable that. We want to be a part of that. May all the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. That's the hope of every Jew, and I believe the hope of every Christian as well. We want all people to discover the God revealed through Jesus Christ. We want to be constantly leading people through our lifestyles to faith in Jesus Christ. We understand this is not our work. Only the Holy Spirit can convict someone of sin. Only the Holy Spirit can lead someone to faith in Jesus Christ. But we can participate in that process through our service, through our sacrifice, through our love, through our faith in the Lord. May the nations be glad and sing for joy 
for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. Again, these are amazing words, right? How are the nations to be glad and sing for joy if they do not know that God rules the peoples with equity and guides the nations of the earth? Who will tell them? Who will be the voice of good news? Hear these words from Isaiah 52, verse 7. Now, I'm just going to read Isaiah 52, 7 this morning. But I, I want you to go home and look up Isaiah 52, verses 7 through 10, okay? So, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Now, there was a song about this, and I found a recording from 2013. Stephen Nasby was the singer, but the song was written by Lenny Smith. So we're going to watch that recording right now, and if you want, sing along, okay? Let's... How lovely.
Actually, additional verses to the song written by Lenny Smith. He had no stately form. He had no majesty that we should be drawn to him. He was despised and we took no account of him. Yet now he reigns with the Most High. It was our sin and guilt that bruised and wounded him. It was our sin that brought him down. When we like sheep had gone astray, our shepherd came. And on his shoulders bore our shame. Meek as a lamb that's led out to the slaughterhouse, dumb as a sheep before its shearer. His life ran down upon the ground like pouring rain that we might be born again. Out of the tomb he came with grace and majesty. He's alive. He is alive. God loves us so. See here his hands, his feet, his side. Yes, we know he's alive. This echoes Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 9. 22 and 23, to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Wow. So then there's another refrain, right? May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest in verse 6. God, our God, blesses us. Think about those words, right? As followers of Jesus Christ, we know that we must do our part. We know we've been blessed, that we do not deserve anything that we have. God has blessed us with abundance, with prosperity, with hope, with energy, with intelligence, with imagination, and with love. By the way, I think those last four are still part of the ordination vows that elders and deacons and pastors take. When we, are, when we are ordained. But make sure we understand the point. We have been blessed, not because of anything we've done. We do not deserve God's mercy, or God's grace, or God's forgiveness. We do not deserve our abundance. We do not deserve our spiritual gifts. In this culture, it's challenging to remember that, because, you know, we're, we're sometimes led to think that we're the ones who are able, right? Like, I'm the one I, I can be successful. And we celebrate our successes. But we attribute them to God who gives us mercy and grace. The last verse says, May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Think about your dad or your mom or your grandparents. Right? Uh, think about uh, the times when they laid down the law. Right? And you actually feared them. Now, you know, I understand that some parents and grandparents abuse their children, and we're not talking about that. There are all sorts of, of, of mixtures of challenges facing us when we talk about fearing our parents. But we're talking about a godly fear of your mom or dad or grandparents that came from a place of respect, honor, and love, and yes, fear. I think that's what the last verse of Psalm 67 is pointing to. 
do, do we respect God? Do we fear God? Do we honor God? Do we love God? Many people do not. And I know that sometimes as followers of Jesus Christ, we, we fail to do those things as well, right? It's easy to target the atheist or the agnostic or the Buddhist, or Muslim, or Hindu, or any one of another of other religions, and say they're getting it all wrong. It's someone more difficult for me to look in the mirror and say I'm getting it wrong. God has been gracious to us. God has blessed us. God has made His face to shine upon us. Have we noticed? More importantly. What are we doing to make God's ways known in all the earth, God's salvation among all the nations? I've said before that the work of the Holy Spirit is convicting people of sin and drawing people to faith in Jesus Christ. But we have a part. We are intended to be so compelling that people are drawn to the image of Jesus Christ in us. This is so difficult to imagine in these conflicted and polarized times. But I know people in this congregation people who are introverts and extroverts, who shine with the light of Jesus Christ and help point people in the direction of Jesus Christ. I think the, the biggest challenge facing us is our decision to go out you know, to our family, to our neighbors, to our colleagues at work, to our third places. Throughout this series, we're going to keep returning to this idea that we are all full-time missionaries for Jesus Christ with our family, with our neighbors, and in our neighborhood, when we're at work, when we're retired, and in all the third places we might connect with others. I, I found this on a Facebook post. Uh, it was in my history from July 1st, uh, 2020. On July 1st, 2020, when I was still at the First Presbyterian Church of Edmond, Kyle Owen led our congregation in singing a song by Carrie Job called The Blessing. The first words are from the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. They're called the Aaronic blessing because God told Moses to instruct Aaron to speak these words over the people of Israel. Okay, fun trivia. Leonard Nimoy based his Vulcan salute in Star Trek on the Aaronic blessing. Interesting. What people often miss is the idea throughout Scripture is that a blessing is meant to flow through someone for the benefit not just of self or family, but of others, including all the nations of the earth. You hear echoes of this when God calls Abram in Genesis 12:3, In you all the families of the earth will be blessed. You see it in Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us. And bless us and make his face shine upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. There are many, many other texts that echo this theme. What Kyle shared on Sunday was so powerful for me because I think he's capturing the heart of the Bible's teaching on the subject. We are blessed to be a blessing. Is it a stretch? To say that the heart of Judaism and Christianity at their best is to bring blessing to all? Kyle mentions that the posture of people of faith is an approach to others that prays this prayer over them. Think about that for a minute. How might I treat people differently 
if I approached them with the intent that they would be blessed. I believe this is the heart of the teaching of Jesus about the kingdom of heaven. Not something with which we wait, for which we wait one day in eternity, but something that is moving among us now. How does it move, right? When we pray blessing and then act in such a way to make blessing possible, empowered by God's spirit. What would it mean for me to desire blessings for the members of my congregation with whom I disagree or who seem to push my buttons? Now, I want, you, I want to make sure I, you're on, I'm honest with you here. I know that I probably push your buttons as well. <laughs> what about those folks down the road at, at the church whose theology is questionable? What would it mean for me to desire blessing for Jews and Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists? How might I act differently if I desired blessings for atheists and septics and seekers and doubters and the broken in life? What would it mean for me to desire blessing for people of different cultures and regions of the country? I do not have to give up my core beliefs. How might I bless people of color who have been crying for a moment to be heard and understood? How might I bless those whose identity, who identify with lifestyles that I don't understand? What would it mean for me to desire blessing for Republicans and Democrats and Socialists and Communists and all the others? What would it mean to, to, be, to be like to wish and pray blessing on our world right now, right? With people overwhelmed with anxiety, hopelessly divided, and paralyzed with both opinions and fear. Remember, this was during the COVID pandemic. How might it change my post on social media, my words in casual conversation, my opinions, and my demand to listen, to express them without listening first? The people I, I know who seem most like Jesus are people who seem to practice this in their approach to others. So this early morning, I, as you awaken, I, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And this is what I'm praying for you, starting with the ironic blessing and continuing with the words of Carrie Job's lovely song. Uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing that song immediately after. Now, I'm going to ask a favor. Um, if you're able, and if you have ever been an elder because you don't ever give up your ordination vows, would you surround the congregation and extend your hands of blessing? over the congregation as we sing the song. Okay? Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, would you help us to not just be a blessing to ourselves and to our family, but a blessing to our neighbors, a blessing to our colleagues at work, a blessing when we're retired. A blessing to those places where we hang out. Would you help us, Lord, to love you well and serve you well? 
and rejoice in all that you've given to us. And we pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.